0: Uh, happy Wednesday guys and welcome to the Saratoga podcast. Hi Dan. Hi Adam. How you been?
1: Hey Robin. Hey Adam. Um, good. I'm loving, loving, loving the weather. It's going to take a short yeah. turn for the worse, but then it's coming back to warm weather again. Um, you know, a lot of reasons uh, uh, to, to be concerned about the, the, you know, some businesses are hurting that rely on the snow and the cold, but uh, boy, it's, it's, it's been in a relaxing kind of February.
2: Yeah, I, I think I'm finally over the winter. Uh, I was happy that, you know, that seasonal depression is real. I was bummed out. You know, I was at the point of the, the dark and the short days and, and the warm weather just yesterday brought me to life.
1: So bring it on. Yeah, and, and we turned the clocks ahead in like, you know, 10 days. So that, that'll that that'll be even better.
0: I, like, I thought we could talk about this another time, but I thought that we'd gotten rid of daylight savings. But I guess I'm wrong. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, remember, I remember when it was sort of declared, right? Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what happened along the way, but I know we're turning. The, I'm turning my clock ahead, darn it. <laughs> oh, I
0: know, right? I know. Well, listen, we have so much stuff. Sorry, I'm like having lighting issues over here. We have so much stuff to talk about today. Um, the Attorney General report. We have a city council recap from last week. We have a guest on to talk about uh, the paid parking program that's going to be implemented shortly. We have... Just lots to talk about, so should we get into it, guys?
1: Uh, as a quick teaser, Robin, is it going to be implemented shortly?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, well, well, watch and see, Dan. Watch and see. Sure, sure, we'll, sure we'll be able to tell people definitively as soon as we get to it. Um,
1: for, oh, sorry, sorry, Robin. Well, one last thing, no. um, um, folks. Don't forget, we take comments and we read a lot of them. Not all of them, but we yes. read them and we respond to them.
0: Yeah, if you're on. I was going to say pretty
2: controversial. There's going to be a lot of topics covered, so feel free to chime in because you might not feel the same way that the, the panel does here.
0: Yes, absolutely. Feel free to chime in. We love we love dissenting opinions, especially. We love, we love not agreeing because we think that's the best way to kind of hash some of these things out. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first thing I wanted to bring up, because I just think it would be kind of weird not to, guys. Obviously, I was in the news a bit last week um, with the Attorney General report being released um, regarding the protests in Saratoga Springs um, over the years that I was public safety commissioner. And, you know, so last week wasn't like my most fun week of all time. Um, but I just wanted to briefly touch on it and then we can get back to it later in the show, um, and see if you guys had any comments that you wanted to share or thoughts that you wanted to share on the subject.
1: Um, yeah, we'll be talking later. And I think at some point, Robin, you were gonna, uh, step off. Is that correct? Is that how we figured it out?
0: So I think, um, if we have a guest on to talk about it, I will probably like step off. But today we didn't have a guest on specifically to talk about the AG report, so I'm happy to stick around while we, if we want to chat about it. Um, Adam, I know you, you had some comments like right off the bat, and then again we'll get to it a little bit later in the podcast more extensively.
2: Sure. So, you know, my feeling after reading the report and and seeing the some of the uh, the other actors at play comment on the report. Uh, I have a problem with, with Tis James politicizing the AG's and our, our uh, justice system. Uh, I think you see this, not to bring national politics into the show, although sometimes I wish we would talk a little more about it, but uh, when she was able to convict um, or get the the conviction against donald trump for uh, misrepresenting the value of his businesses uh, she did it she did a, a great job and, and she did what the attorney general should do she then began to start tweeting about the interest he owes on a daily basis which for me is is grossly 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 unprofessional uh, the attorney general office should be blind Uh, To justice, should go in there and execute the the rule of the law without uh, favor or without letting her personal bias get involved. I mean, this to me just is 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 the height of unprofessional. It'd be like a police officer arresting somebody and then trolling them. And then you know, how can you trust what she says or does when she's that politicized? And again, it's the same reason police officers won't won't arrest somebody and then you know brag about it and, and go on social media and, and troll them on social media because it's highly inappropriate and I think we see that that's why a this kind of that my first uh, reaction to this AG report is that it's 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 highly political it's not filled it, and, and we already we heard from Tim Cole that it's not filled with facts there's gross you know, I think his 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 quote was, there's gross inaccuracies and woefully incompetent. And and to support this, he gave some. Uh, I mean, maybe you want to touch about these inaccuracies, Robin, because they, they involve you. But uh, you know, what Tim Cole said she had. To, they had to go back and change this report. So for me, this report comes across as something to that an activist would do to continue a political narrative. She's proven herself to do that with these tweets she's doing. And I, I think it's, again, doing our city a, 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 a disservice by the far left and continuing to paint us as a racial city where we, you know, we, we don't execute the, the law according to the law, but based on, uh, you know, somebody's personal traits. So, Robin, do you want to talk a little bit about the inaccuracy? I know, you know, you, yeah. you're office, so you can't deep dive into too much. but
0: Right. No, I definitely will say that I was someone who believed that the attorney general's office, just in general, whatever state you were going to be in. Um, would be prosecuting things without, you know, um, political bias or favor, or, you know, they would be, they would do it with an open mind and do it in the way that the rest of our justice system kind of, the the way in which the rest of our justice system works, which is, you know, you're supposed to be blind. Justice is supposed to be blind. Um, I can say that hasn't been my experience at all. (laughs) Um, And then I will say the one thing that really struck me um, about this report that Made it difficult for me to take, well, let me just say the, the the inaccuracy that I saw right off the bat was probably the most written about, the most discussed, the most controversial moment of any protest that we've had in the city, probably in the city's history. But certainly when I was public safety commissioner, the most discussed moment, the most written about moment was the July 30th, 2020 protest when the sheriff's department used pepper balls and shot them into the ground. Um, because one of our police officers was making an arrest and protesters started to swarm the police officer. And so that was what the sheriff's department deployed, um, you know, per their policy and shot into the ground in a way that would disperse the crowd and push the crowd back from the arresting officer. And that was truly the most, I think, controversial written about and discussed moment of any protest when I was in office. And so when the attorney general attributes that moment to the Saratoga Springs police department and not to the sheriff's department, that is such, such a misrepresentation, such a massive mistake to me. I don't know how anyone could have made that mistake had they put in like more than 30 seconds looking into that protest to understand what had happened. And so it's hard for me not to believe that was an intentional mistake, um, but it. To me, that undermines the legitimacy of the entire document. If that's how sloppy they were going to be in terms of their research and their reporting on factual elements um, that they're discussing in this report. So, yeah, there you go.
2: Time's up.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm going to um, jump in and concur with a lot of what both of you said. Um, I, I, I'm not. Let me just say. Yeah, you're right, Robin. That that ink wasn't even dry on that document. And they had to say, oops. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'm not sure if it was intentional. The the old Henry Kissinger uh, quote of uh, never waste a good conspiracy theory when incompetence is the more likely culprit uh, yeah. comes to mind here. Um, that is really sloppy. It reminds the whole thing. And, and I, let me just a quick aside, a, a quick qualifier. not here to say every last thing about that report was wrong we we do need to take that and learn from it i'm not going to go in depth to it robin because you you may be a a a a defendant or a litigant in some sort of uh um uh action legal action down the road here it's all been said as much that there's going to be legal action so i i i'm going to hesitate to go deep into it but at least overall That report reminded me when I was in, you know, like when I was back in 10th grade, the ultimate procrastinator and the book report was due. And I waited till 930 the night before to finally open up a book. And then I was desperate. So I went to Cliff Notes and I just I I just put a bunch of crap down so I'd have something to hand in the next morning. And that's what it reminded me of. It was so poorly done. And you mentioned, Robert, about the attorney general's. Uh, attorneys General around this around the country, but the New York Attorney General should really stand for something. This is the Empire State, Wall Street, yeah. New York City. There should be yeah. such competence and um, eloquence yeah. in writing. 30, 28 30 pages and at least the version I had didn't have anybody's name on it. There were uh, someone said they saw another version that did list names. Uh, I, I I didn't see it in my version that I downloaded and copied. But there should have been names. Who else wrote this? Obviously, Tish James is is, is, is the uh, uh, the AG. But who and her staff wrote this? There was not a single attachment to to this document. How could you write about something so important and not put some attachments for illumination further of what's going on? And Adam, to your point, yeah, they they came up with a conclusion and and uh, started from there. The conclusion, or the false conclusion was. Uh, They were racist. They were intent on on uh, uh, suppressing First Amendment rights. So then they went back, you know, reverse engineered it to uh, to accuse things. Uh, Again, I'm not going to go into detail, but I'm not here to say everything about that was wrong. Uh, There were there, you know, they did note that the city was caught off guard and that's true. But then they never uh, gave the city any acknowledgement of of, uh, you know, a lot of. You know, we got some training in, and so forth. They put it in, but there was no acknowledgement that that was a good step. It was not; a, it was all one-sided. It was no like, oh, the city did a you know a decent job here. Um, uh, they were a little late to that, but they they at least recovered and so forth. and things like that. None of that. It was just so one-sided. Um, but the city has to learn from this, right? We all have to learn from this. Where there were mistakes, we were caught off guard. Uh, there were mistakes made. Um, there there are some things in there that that you know. Uh, uh, get, you know, I, I, uh, I'd i like to dig deeper just so I'm not making a surface assessment on a 28, 30 page report. Uh, you can't, it's hard to make conclusions. And, and they never gave, they always came to these hard conclusions when really it could have gone both ways. The John Catone quote when he talked about the narrative. The narrative at the time was the the entire police department was racist and they killed Daryl Mount. That's a horrible narrative that was wrong. And that's what I took Catone's uh, uh comments at 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 that um you know was was that do, do i wish he would have dialed it back a little bit or, or said it in a different way yeah but the again the narrative was this was a city of racists there was a police department of racists and they killed murdered i believe was the word daryl mount wrong 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 the ags did a disservice the ink wasn't even dry and they had to backtrack already good for tim cole for pointing that out
0: yeah. Well said, Dan, and I think I can add this one tiny comment, which is when you mentioned the AG's office being unprofessional or Tish James acting in a way that's unprofessional, the man who deposed me, wildly unprofessional in how he was asking questions, his demeanor, just the entire interaction with the person who was deposing me from their office, so much so that at one point my attorney said, we can get up and leave at any second because this is so unprofessional that i will take it to a judge and you don't have to continue this deposition because of how he's treating you and you know i didn't leave of course and i finished but um all in all it was a it was a disappointing experience (laughs) um anyway we can touch on this a little bit more later we have so much other stuff to talk about including a city council recap but also we wanted to talk about the paid parking program that is about to start as of may 1 in the city. And to that end, we have here with us Abby, who runs Saratoga Living um, Magazine and and beyond, I will say. And we are so happy to have her with us today because she did an excellent, you guys did an excellent piece in Saratoga Living um, called Everything We Know About Downtown, Saratoga's Paid Parking Proposal So
3: Far. That's right. And this is in our Saratoga Living after hours that um, I really suggest people... Um, opt into for the summer because there's so much going on. It's three times a week emailed to um, your email, so it's not on the Saratoga Living site, although you can sign up to subscribe. It's one of the tabs on the top. So yes, the DBA, the Downtown Business Association, had a pretty, um, pretty dramatic meeting about the, the pay parking program. And um, so uh, Natalie Moore, our reporter, went, and we did a big write-up on it, and we got a lot of response. She, she attended
1: the meeting, Abby?
3: Yes. Actually, two people from our staff um, were there because we are members. Okay. And so uh, we just thought we didn't want to wait until the public hearing. We wanted to give the floor to the business owners first. And uh, the residents, I'm sure, will have a lot to say about it as well. Uh, they will have their chance whenever they announce the public hearing about it.
1: it and um, I did just call the, the Department of Public Works to find out if one was set. Uh, the person I talked to, couldn't give me an answer, but to her credit, she said, "I'm going to find an answer and get back to you." But that was that was just uh, 40 minutes ago. So um, uh, if I, you know, if I, I'm not going to take the call during know. this podcast. But uh, we may have something to follow up, uh, Robin, perhaps on the Facebook site or something, if awesome. if there is a date set.
0: So let's just jump right into some of. I love how you broke this out. By the way, you guys really again recommend signing up for the Saratoga Living After Hours because it's just good stuff in general. But this this article in particular is so meaty and is organized so well. So some of the basics, as you wrote them out, the city is proposing a seasonal parking program that will be in effect from May 1 through September 30th. Although then it says that's subject to change. So, and then they said, and then they said, I guess it's not cost effective to enforce a program like this year round. So I'd be interested to see how they came up with some of these numbers, but so was there talk of maybe that September 30th date getting pushed out and becoming a little
3: longer? That is exactly what the business owners want. Uh, They said that, you know, we're trying to become this year-round town and and we support the locals and it's not just about the tourists in the summer. And then we have paid parking after track ends. And so they would like uh, the paid parking to end sooner so we can go back to really getting not just Saratoga, you know, but Milton and Balsam Spa and all the surrounding towns to come to our town as soon as uh, the tourists start to. So like Labor Day, things would go back to... You know, yeah, like, know. like uh, you know, right now everything is up in the air. It, this was Jason's first proposal and um but yes.
0: And by Jason we're talking about Commissioner Golub who's the who's the um public works um, commissioner. So city residents and employees of downtown businesses will not have to pay for parking. Um and so they will we will we as a city right. resident you, Abby and I live next door to each other, by the way, fun fact. Um, so we That's why will... it's the party zone. <laughs> that is the party zone. So just to jump into how city residents employees will be approaching this, um, all city residents and downtown employees will be eligible for parking permits for each of their vehicles. You'll file for a permit with your license plate number and proof of residency via an online portal. Business owners can register in their employees' vehicles. There will be no physical permits. Your registered license plate will serve as your permit. And residents will be able to give time-limited guest permits to visitors.
3: So this Um, was the biggest hang-up right there. So the biggest concern is that any of us, we can go park somewhere and we don't have to leave. And so without, will that affect turnover? So if I did come in from Boston Spa and I wanted to, you know, I had 45 minutes. And I wanted to jump into a few of my favorite stores and there's no parking because residents are just completely taking up all of the parking. and said, oh, okay, well now I'm down to 30 minutes. I'm just going to leave. That is the number one concern. Um, well, and I can also see someone being like, oh,
0: if you want to go downtown, take my car. You can park all day. Right? Or at night, because apparently this is going to be enforced twenty-four seven, which I I have a comment on in a
3: minute. Um the garages are where a lot of the employees have been parking. So they will now be pushed out of the garages. And so a lot of the street parking, uh, it really could fill up. And again, I think, you know, Jason keeps saying, we all know how calm and reasonable he is that you know, we see how it works and that we can always come back and and make changes, but that is the number one concern that the business owners touch. And brought it up as well.
0: So, and they do say the parking situation on Broadway will stay as it is, which is two-hour free parking, which means I'll continue to get tickets on Broadway. Um, But street parking, surface lots, and parking garages throughout downtown will have new regulations. Tourists and residents of areas outside the city limits will have to pay $2 per hour to park in those designated areas downtown. One of the things that kind of jumped out at me, though, that I was kind of shocked to read was parking permits, so, like, for residents will not be eligible everywhere. Select spaces and parking garages and lots will be for paid parking only. So we could all park there, but we'd have to pay. So I assume the best spots in the parking lots are going to be paid parking only for for everybody.
3: We don't know that yet, but that is their answer for how they are going to try to keep turnover going.
0: It's interesting because I actually feel like the turnover is a bigger issue on the street than it is like like I don't as long as I can get a parking spot in a parking lot, like I don't care that much about where the spot is. It's more so on the not Broadway, but all the side streets that come off of Broadway and parking on those side streets. Um, you know, people and some can
3: park of the there. streets, I don't know if you have the map in front of you, aren't it are permit only. Robin,
1: I sent it to you,
3: by the Thanks. way. Sorry, we had weird upload issues with it, but I'm going to. It's, it's a hard to read map. I really had to zoom in and try to figure out, for example, yes. our street is, I think, if I read the map correctly, and I think I have, completely permit only. So anyone who lives here, if your boyfriend comes to visit, he now has to park all the way down in a parking garage really far away. So those kinds of issues I expect to come up at the public.
2: Go ahead, Adam. I was going to say, are you breaking the news that Robin has a boyfriend?
0: Oh, yeah. All all my side pieces.
1: (laughs) um, Can can I comment on this map for a second? Yeah. On the west side, some of those uh, parking areas go all the way to Lawrence Street. On the east side, all the way to Regent Street. That is, you know, maybe we thought it was all downtown, but it goes well into the neighborhoods, in my view, anyway. That is is significant. Um, And uh, it, it was a bit shocking.
0: Yeah, I I uh, I would agree with that. So, so resident only. on So, Abby, thank you for clarifying that. Because Blue is I, the
1: resident only. Is that correct? Uh, the permit then, only?
0: Yeah. Blue is permit only. Red is two hour or permit holders. And green is visitor paid parking.
3: And Dan is permit. So it's resident and if you're employed downtown. So, okay. all right well <laughs> yeah, yeah we're, we're just getting started uh this was a business you know downtown business association meeting so we did hear from all the business owners and uh, we still got a lot to talk about on the resident side for sure and you know one thing that did come up so you know this is politics uh jason does have a piece in there that some of the, re- the money raised will go towards the dba they do need help <laughs> um so you know that's probably smart they did talk a little bit about revenue the very conservative number was at i think 30 percent occupancy during the week a little bit higher on the weekend was a million dollars for the first year i think they did say that they were expecting that number to go up as they pay off the costs of you know all the you know the meters and things like that so i think that they didn't mean revenue i think they meant net profit um so that's even better um
0: quick quick aside yes this kind of goes into another topic that we're talking about today which is short-term rentals so yeah. for people who have Airbnb or people coming to stay for a week or two during the summer, I guess they could apply for a, a limited time permit for their visitors. But will there be a limit on how many times you could apply for that over the summer? Like if you have like 20 people come visit during the summer, can all 20 vehicles get time limited guest permits or are they going to limit that number? I, I don't think we know the answer to that yet. And also like- over The
3: Venn diagram with these two new proposed.
0: I know. Yes, yes, exactly. The Venn diagram. And then like how time limited will it be? Like, will you have to apply every other day for um, a guest permit for your guest? I mean, I just think that there's like a lot of, seems like the type of thing that we really, it has to roll out to really understand where we have some confusion and where things need to be tweaked. But it sounds like it could be a little bit of a, Excuse my language a little bit of a clusterfuck to try to get this up and running. Yeah. Also
1: but, but, but,
2: you know, commissioner Golub uh he's a very popular commissioner. I think he's he, he will have a, an easy time winning that seat back. So that allows him to kind of take chances and try some some neat programs and I like this idea of we're 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 becoming you know we're not a small city anymore we're a, a medium-sized city that has mid-sized city problems paid parking is something that's done all over the nation in cities our sizes so it's a program we have to look to implement but you know after looking at this sometimes you think would it be easier just to throw up those old quarter things on Broadway and maybe a couple of side streets oh, I, know.
0: <laughs> I know because I know cuz like for some reason like when i'm reading this and it's like okay downtown parking will be broken up into three zones permit only parking free two hour or permit holder parking and visitor paid parking my brain like kind of breaks into pieces like it's just for some reason like hard to kind of like get my head around and I feel like I would have a hard time describing this to a visitor like where they could park and where they couldn't park I feel like it would be very difficult to describe and when I was public safety commissioner one of the most frequent complaints I would get would be people who got parking tickets because they didn't understand the signage that we already have. Um, because we do have a lot of sign pollution, and there are a lot of signs that kind of almost look like they conflict, and you're not sure if you're in a loading zone, if you're in a two-hour zone, if you're in a no-parking-from-here-to-corner zone. And so people get really upset, and it was usually people coming from out of town because they just didn't understand the signage. So I'm just thinking we're keeping that signage for the most part on Broadway, then we're adding these three different zones and these options, and I do think it's like... <laughs> I. do. I mean, I wouldn't want to be the person who has to message this, like from a marketing standpoint, because I just think it's, um, I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of tricky. And then we get to paying to park. So like, how are we actually paying for this? There'll be pay stations for cash and cards located in the garages and parking lots designated for paid parking. Mobile pay will also be available. If you wind up needing more time than you originally paid for, you can add it via your mobile device. So presumably there's going to be an app that you download. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Just would love to have another app on my phone.
1: <laughs> to so take your money.
0: Yeah. My only, the only app I like is the one that comes more entrees. <laughs> um, and then pay parking will be enforced 24 hours a day. So this was my other little question. So I probably, I don't know if you should be sharing this, but previous to this proposal, I know when we have parking enforcement out and I can tell you it is not 24 hours a day. It is not even really 12 hours a day. We, we don't have people out ticketing um, you know, around the clock. So they're going to have to hire a lot more, um, um, uh, parking enforcement, like significantly more if they want to, if they're actually going to be doing this 20 enforcing it 24 hours a day, which is a significant cost in and of itself. Cause you'd probably have to hire at least, I would say three more parking enforcement
3: officers, which is, which would double it the the readers that go around, it can automatically read the license plates. Right. I don't know if that's a, a person with a reader, you know, and then if that makes it faster, so they can kind of zoom through. The three- yeah. Through the- well, you still
1: got to put something on the car, right? Yeah, it does make it faster. You ride around to a license plate readers and attack, yeah. you know, something inside your car, but you still got to get out and do it. My guess is mail so it to
3: your house twice a year. They'll
1: do it at three a.m. just to put the scare into people, mm-hmm. but they won't do it that often. My, my, I, I'm going to jump in here, my. My significant issue with this proposal, as well as the short-term renter renting uh, proposal, is it seems like the major impetus of this is money to get money into the city coffers, which would be fine generally, but if it undoes our great downtown, uh, both in our our actually our whole area from the uh, short-term rental thing where people come here to spend money and go to the track and the hotels are full. So they've got the option going uh, jumping t- subjects here a little bit to the short-term rental, but it's all about money. And I'm sorry, I said this before when commissioner gold was on, I'm not buying the revenue p- projections. I believe p- commissioner gold believes that, they're conservative. I, 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 He's being honest. Don't get me wrong. But what always happens, whether it's parking or red light cameras or speed cameras, the money always comes in lower, at least initially, than was projected significantly lower. And they always say, well, the equipment didn't come on time or there was an equipment breakdown or there was a software malfunction. Fine. You're right. There are reasons for that. But almost invariably, the The projections are not where they are. and if we destroy downtown businesses in the process or at least harm them in the process, holy cow, what did we do?
0: Can I just say one thing? I would rather have red light cameras at every freaking red light in the entire city of Saratoga Springs than I would have than than have been doing this. Like I would prefer that because a, we've got kids and pedestrians crossing the street everywhere and people do fly through red lights all the time and it's it would make things yeah, it would be it would make things significantly safer. It would bring in revenue and it would enforce traffic laws. That again, we're a pedestrian friendly city. It would just keep everything safer and you could use the revenue in the same exact way and you wouldn't have to do any of this garbage. So Jason, if you're listening, call Tim Cole. Tell him to just do <laughs> red light. I mean, honestly, am I wrong? Wouldn't you Yeah, I you- think it would
1: require state legislation because we have them in the state, uh New York City and so forth, but yeah. they're very limited, subject to state uh state approval in legislation.
2: Abby, let me let me ask you. Maybe you said this, but if, so to sum everything up, the business community are they totally against this? Are they against this with revisions, or are they pro this this? Proposal, and then I don't think we know from the residential community yet. Is, that, is it, I know that's a kind of two questions, but is that correct? No. Nope.
3: Um. So we, we actually don't know. They were only sort of bringing up their concerns, um, especially because some of the money goes to the DBA. Some of the money is going to go to some, you know, other fixes around town. Keeping up with the garages long term, of course, they want that revenue coming in. There were just a few things I think they want fixed first. Personally, um, you know, I moved here from California. I'm used to paying, you know, every time I leave my house, there are ways that you can do it. Um, And I I personally think that they'll get there. Um, I am very, very interested to see what the residents have to say, just because I can't imagine, like I said, looking outside and my friends not being able to park right in front of my house anymore when it's completely empty. I just, so I, I, I think there's more revisions too. And also I misspoke a little bit earlier talking about, you know, what September after Labor Day looks like. The more that we work to get those tourists in here year round, the more this sort of stuff matters and the more that we want to always keep our eye on the locals that also keep us in business. Because if we're doing something geared towards the tourists and then we're making it so the you know, our folks from Boston Spa can't you know swing by for 30 minutes if they want to, I think that is going to be one of the biggest issues as well.
0: So I'm going to do, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to read the quotes in this article from Maddie Zanetti, who is the owner of Impressions and Dark Horse Mercantile. Um, and the Zanettis are a family that is known, so well known in Saratoga Springs for their businesses, for for everything they do for the community. And so oftentimes they are, um, you know, they're people who who people really stand up and pay attention to when they have an opinion about something. So in this article, it says, quote, Some people are only stopping in to grab a coffee or pick up an order. And some just come here to walk around and enjoy the social aspect, says Maddie Zanetti, owner of Impressions and Dark Horse Mercantile. We could easily lose those people if they are being charged to park. And then she also says again at the end, towards the end of the article, hopefully the revenues will help to improve our downtown, but I worry that the revenues raised from parking may not always outweigh the revenues lost in sales tax collected from the small businesses that there are people are coming downtown to support. So... I mean, that seems very reasonable to me, those, those concerns. And, um, I will say for people who have been kind of a little panicked about this when they learn about this, the one thing I do say to them is that the one thing I know about Jason Golub and how he's functioned as a commissioner is that he's not going to put a program in place that isn't working and continue to do the program. Even if it's not working the way it's supposed to work, he's just not that type of guy, he'll, he'll adjust he'll course, correct. And, and, you know, based on the success or lack of success. But I just think what's tricky about this is that su- success could be defined in a lot of different ways here. You know, um, It could bring in a decent amount of revenue, and maybe that's enough to dump back into some of these parking garage areas where we really need more policing and more security. And maybe that's done in a way that even though residents are irritated about this plan... They can walk through the Woodlawn garage without a problem, without seeing vagrancy, without being harassed, and that outweighs
3: the negatives. Do you know what I mean? Um, Absolutely. And um, I'm not sure if I, maybe I didn't send it over, but did you see the DBA's response to the article? um they were you know H- heidi said something along the lines of, you know she, t- she needed some more time to get her thoughts together so she didn't make our deadline for the article but she did send in a response and we shared it with our uh subscribers um it was definitely shared around we had over 100 more views than we have subscribers so when that happens that shows you exactly how important this issue is And um, she just kind of agrees with everything that you just said. You know, my number one concern is the lack of turnover the resident parking permit may cause. Um, She thought that the length, uh, the May-October, was excessive. Um, Downtown businesses rely on our locals, not only from Saratoga Springs, but the surrounding areas of Greenfield, Wilton, Milton, Boston, Spot, et cetera. That's what I was trying to come up with for their support year-round. So she had a lot to to say as well. It's important.
0: Well, I think this is something we're going to keep our eye on. I know a lot of people are also asking me when they'll be able to start submitting their information to get a resident permit or to get their employees' permits. I don't know when that's going to happen. This is supposed to start May 1. So I would think the city would want to start doing that like right now, like right this second, because they could be getting thousands and thousands of applications.
1: That that feels almost impossible, right? Because you got to get software, yeah. you got to get the app, you got to get the, the, yeah. the pay stations.
0: The only thing that is not as difficult as you think is that the system that we currently use to ticket people, that company also offers all of these services. I don't know if they've gone through that same company, but when we had looked into converting one of the parking lots into paid parking, it was actually like significantly easier than I thought because we were already working with that company to do all the ticketing. So it was like far, it was just a lot easier than I thought it was gonna be. So m- maybe that's the case now, I'm, I'm not entirely
3: sure. And he um, has said too, that just like with the um the short-term rentals that there will be some sort of amnesty program for the summer um as people sort of get used to it for locals
0: i mean maybe there could be amnesty for tickets we've already gotten i don't know <laughs> That's okay. um also we have a really uh, great comment here from um a frequent watcher dina who says what about families with children in school the district has families with addresses outside the city some even have schuylerville addresses i would think paying for parking would deter stopping downtown to spend money I actually think that's a really good point because our school district is it, it does encompass a ton of area outside of the city limits and so i think that's a really good point point. and maybe that could also be addressed in terms of the seasonality of this because if it fell during the school break that would eliminate kind of that that issue so to speak a little bit at least
3: yeah um, i look forward to the public hearing um you know again hearing the business owners say what they think their customers will do Um, it will be very interesting to hear from customers such as Dina about what they will do, right?
0: Yeah. I'm sure Commissioner Golub is really looking forward to that hearing, too.
1: (laughs) Let me say something on this. And, uh, you know, I'm nitpicking a little bit. I'll I'll continue to nitpick, to be honest. But I tip my hat to Commissioner Golub on this issue for, you know, this is significant amount of his staff as well, obviously, significant amount of research. Uh, 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 pre- preparation of documents, political capital, right? That this could this could hurt him. Uh, uh, Adam mentioned he's safe, but uh, it doesn't mean it could hurt him for another. It couldn't hurt him for another office or something like that. So I credit him as well as I credit uh, uh, Commissioner Moran. Even while I will probably nitpick the uh, the the, the short term rental proposal with it with its you know with its flaws as well, I credit them for being doers.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean. I do think they've probably picked off three of the most controversial and hot topic issues they could have possibly picked off to address, which would be paid parking, leave pickup, and short-term rentals. So I applaud them for having the like cojones to want to take on those issues, but hopefully uh, they will have the patience to see them through because it's not going to be easy. These are things that people are seriously passionate about and they've come up in the past and they've been like to the death debates. So I hope um Commissioner Golub and Commissioner Moran when it comes to short-term rentals um had their big boy pants on because it's not going to be it's not going to be easy.
1: <laughs> no. In fact, a quick aside on short-term rentals. Did you see Adam on your Facebook page on What's Going on in Saratoga? There were two posts in the past 24 hours. One was a petition against the short-term rental proposals, change.org I believe, and the other uh, was I assume a related one was about a, an advocacy group forming to uh to protest uh the proposals for yeah. short-term rentals so that one is heating up i think more so than paid parking at this point yeah maybe.
0: guys wait real quick before we get into that i'm gonna let abby go because mm-hmm. i don't i'm not sure she wants to sit around and do a city council recap and a short-term <laughs> rental recap so i just want to say thank you abby so much Thanks, guys so much good to see you, you right. I'm the editor of saratoga living everybody go sign up for saratoga living after hours it's amazing content thank you abby thanks abby okay sorry we're back Um, so just to kind of kick this off, uh, because I think it's important. We do our little city council recap. The city council did have a meeting last week. Oh, wow. Exclamation point. I guess I'm really excited about this recap. Um, the city council did have a meeting last week and there was a public hearing at the very beginning to discuss the recently proposed short-term rental regulations and a ton of people showed up like way more than I expected. You guys, considering it was winter break, like I thought for sure, because it was, public school winter break week that there wouldn't be as many people, but it was packed with people and it went certainly went longer than the hour it was scheduled for. So everyone could get their public comment in. Um, most people were against it. I would say probably like, I'm guesstimating here, maybe 85% of the people speaking had issues with it. And the issues were all over the place. I mean, they're, the myriad of problems don't, really, it's hard to kind of like condense them into like one point of view because it was people who are Airbnb owners who had issues. It was people who live in neighborhoods where there are places being Airbnb'd who have separate concerns. Like everyone's concerns were kind of different and unique to their situation, but across the board, it was, it was pretty, pretty negative in terms of the comments. Um, so I don't know if either one of you guys watched that at all.
1: I did. Um, and, uh, I, yeah, I agree with you. And I, it, it, You know, my personal take on it, if I were there, is there does need to be some level of regulation. This proposal was way too far, especially the money. Uh, It's like the city's trying to become partners with these landlords. Like we, we, you know, we're the mafia. We want some of your money. Can Um, we talk about the
0: money real quick and just tell people it was? So, to register your property for short, so you can rent it in the short term, you'd have to pay a thousand dollar registration fee. That's one thousand dollars, and now it would last you for two years. But it's a thousand dollars upfront cost just to be able to be in the mix, to be able to think about doing a short-term rental. You're paying a thousand dollars.
2: Part of the problem there is ho- a large hotel permit fee is one hundred fifty bucks. So that that was a uh, you know if you have a hundred plus rooms hotel, you're only paying one hundred fifty dollars to register, and that was that was brought up for context.
1: And, and, and I just and thought it, it didn't differentiate. You, you you could be renting a trailer for one weekend a year or your house on, on um, uh, Meadowbrook, off of Meadowbrook, for, for, for every day of the year, and right. you still pay the same fee. So th- there were some flaws with that, but it, it was too much, period. Uh, maybe the, if there was I- a sliding scale, maybe the top could be that, depending on how often you do it. Um, but uh, it, it's it, it really needs work, and it needs to be dialed back.
0: Yeah, and as it compares to different municipalities, I mean, there are people who have made graphics about this. It is... Everywhere around us in New York state, it's like $100, maybe $150. I don't think I saw anything really more expensive than $150 or $200 to register for an Airbnb. So this is like way off in terms of that, that $1,000 fee. And I just thought from a political perspective for Commissioner Moran, when that's the first thing people see, it already gets them into just this kind of a negative headspace about what's going to come after that. And so I thought he kind of shot himself in the foot a little bit by, by starting off with that $1,000 fee. Um, it just feels like a really yucky money grab.
1: Yeah uh, I think there's gonna be another hearing do I uh, do I remember correctly? a second hearing on that or no
0: He kept the public hearing open so yes it's gonna we are gonna continue to have hearings I which is good. I mean this is a really complex and nuanced issue. Robin real quick can you yeah. the difference between a
2: public hearing and public comment can you yeah. just elaborate on that real quick because I'm not sure. sure myself fully understand
0: so there are a lot of things that require by from our charter and from our local laws they require a public hearing if you're going to change them Um, oftentimes that's part of city codes Um, Or in this case, it's implementing regulations that would affect city code. And so actually to pass the piece of legislation at the city council table, you must have a public hearing scheduled and you must notice it in the newspapers for a certain amount of days before the meeting. And at a public hearing, people can come and make a comment. Typically in the past, you've been able to comment for an unlimited amount of time. Um, Mayor Safford, I think imposed a three minute limit, maybe per person on this one and, and scheduled it for an hour and hoped that would be enough time for everyone to speak. Um, the city council so, can, a public,
2: essentially what it does is it, it just kind of notifies it, it's proactively notifies people like, Hey guys, we're, we're to talk about this at this city council meeting, you know, yes. it, but any public comment meeting and pretty much talk about anything, but, or, or any, any public, you're right. But, a, but, but. So, public,
0: so just to distinguish, I think where you're getting what you're getting at is that at a public hearing, when it's centered around an issue like this, if you're going to comment, you have to be commenting about the topic of the public hearing. You can't just comment about anything in general. Once the public hearing is concluded and we move on to the city council meeting, then regular public comment period starts where you can comment about anything under the freaking sun, you know, during your two minute time limit or whatnot. In character or not. (laughs) Yes, in character or not. Um, so that would be the difference. So something like this does require a public hearing. Um, you could have one public hearing and then close the public hearing and then vote on the issue. Oftentimes that's done when you're doing things like um, this was on the agenda last week. There was a change um, in where they were placing stop signs, I think, in some neighborhood or something along those lines. No one had a comment during the public hearing. They opened the public hearing. No one said anything. They closed the public hearing and then they voted on it that night. But for an issue this complex and challenging, um, I I think a couple public hearings are warranted, you know, and presumably Commissioner Moran will take in that feedback and adjust the proposed legislation based on the feedback he's getting. That's the point.
1: A a quick aside on that, when that second hearing came uh, and it was Commissioner Cole that I think uh, had that hearing or led that hearing. Uh it was such a you know, let's face it, we're all political junkies, and when it gets heated there, it's kind of exciting. And so the short-term rental energy was through the ceiling, and then they yeah. went to Commissioner Cole's issue, and you could just hear like a balloon deflating. No, no one cared, no one understood. The just, left? Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. It was, yeah. it was it was it was comedic. Reminded me of the old Buck Henry uh uh skit on Saturday Night Live. I won't go into it, but for those of you who know what I'm talking about, you'll 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 remember it.
0: Well, so that was, I would say that was probably the most discussed and most kind of important part of the last city council meeting. Um, but then the other the other thing that did come up was, um, a bit at least, was the on-call pay controversy having to do with the deputy commissioners um, that's been kind of percolating for the last couple of weeks. That came up again during Commissioner Moran's agenda because Commissioner Moran is proposing um a change in grade in civil service grade, which is tied with pay for a few of the employees in his office. Um, the change in grade was approved by the Civil Service Commission. Then it goes to the city council where you vote on it. Um, while they were having that discussion, Commissioner Cole brought up the fact that our labor attorney for the city, whose name is Brian Kramer, had looked over the on-call pay provisions that were written Um, for the deputy commissioners and said essentially that they were unlawful as written. Um, And so Commissioner Cole has really made a point of this because he thinks it should be corrected. And so when Commissioner Moran was trying to make these changes in grade and pay for some of his employees, Commissioner Cole said essentially... I'm not going to vote on anything like this until we're able to address this unlawful element of how some of the employees are being compensated. So he wants to address that before he votes on people getting an, a bump in grade or a bump in salary who are working in City Hall. So he and Mayor Safford, I believe, both voted no um, to the proposed grade grade changes in Commissioner Moran's department, but they were outweighed by the three yes votes from Commissioner Moran, Commissioner Songvi, and Commissioner Golub. So both items did pass, but that issue was brought up again.
1: The, you know, sometimes you guys ask me about areas of the law, and, you know, I just didn't work for a firm that handled a myriad of issues, so I don't know certain areas of law. But this is one area of the law I do know. It's public sector labor law. And I've worked on upgrades for state employees. And we, to have even a chance in hell to have it approved by state civil service, we, we had to do a, a phone book fit document that we took months to prepare mm-hmm. to justify the increase in grade for this position. My, my concern is uh, Saratoga Springs, kind of like, you know, a different issue, but the Van Dam issue where it just comes up for a vote. and Yeah, sounds good. Let's vote it in without without research, w- w- without clarifying what the laws, without just. Written justification, documented research justification. And I don't know anything about these positions. They may have deserved these upgrades for a long, long time. But until you put it in writing and make it make a, a justified argument for that, um, boy, this city just keeps shooting itself in the foot and doing things willy-nilly. Oh,
0: wait, just so you know, Dan. So since I'm the geek in the group and listen to all the freaking meetings. I listen to the Civil Service Commission meetings, and what you're describing does happen to a degree at the Civil Service Commission meetings. Because so there's three commissioners on the Civil Service Commission, and they have to approve these upgrades in grade or pay. And you know, someone has to basically come before them and make the argument as to why they're asking for these grade changes. And so in this case, it was the deputy commissioner of accounts. Um, uh, Stacey Connors, who went and and kind of made the case for these grade changes to the Civil Service Commission. They then voted to approve it, which is then it goes to the city council. So there was kind of an element of that that happened before i got- Was there
1: a written submission though as well or just oral argument or or, or, a a verbal- Presentation.
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. I'm li- I'm always listening to it on my headphones, like doing other stuff, like cleaning, the- usually cleaning the house. <laughs> it's a really glamorous life I lead. Um, and so I can't remember off the top of my head if she like submits something yeah. or if she there's an application that's submitted in advance. So I, don- I don't totally know, yeah. but it's there. There is a process at least.
1: Yeah. Now, just because New York State does a fo- ha- requires essentially a phone book thick document, I don't expect right. Saratoga Springs. To 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 have the same thing, but I expect a well-researched, well-argued, well-thought-out writ submission of you know. I'm not going to give a number of pages, but of something uh, of sub some substance. This is city taxpayers' money, and as well for the employees as well. They deserve to have it uh, uh, well thought out, well written, well presented.
0: Yeah, no, I I totally agree. I, I totally I, agree.
2: As the city, it is especially from from three years ago when when the that city council came in has been very good at spending and raising taxes and that's we constantly hear spend raise taxes spend raise taxes look for alternative revenue sources yeah. which raising taxes and it's it is justified in some cases but this is over the top. And, and as a city, we are changing our, our the fundamental dynamics of our government when we were becoming such a, we, you know, we had reasonable taxes here, but there's only so much of a burden the homeowners can take. And the, a, every one of these adds up into, into unbalanced budgets or budgets that need to be balanced by raising taxes as we're seeing. So I'd really like to see a little fiscal responsibility Prove it, you know, actionable, not just words, but but let's go through a year without raising taxes. And then let's talk about raises and spending more money.
0: I I kind of agree with you there. I do feel like, especially the last city council had no fiscal, there was not one person on there who was kind of worried about the money and they did seem to spend a tremendous amount of money. And despite the fact that we had incredibly, incredibly healthy reserves, um, still raised taxes, and still feel the need to implement, for example, this paid parking program, or put a thousand dollar fees attached to short term rentals as revenue raisers, when we had had a really healthy fund balance. So I don't know if they're predicting these massive expenses in the future that we just don't know about that we're having to like prepare for or what. But it does it does seem like we need a little fiscal, um, you know, more fiscally conservative choices to be made. I, I would appreciate that at least. Yeah.
1: And and let me say, going back to the, the separate on call issue, you know, the previous council, at best, that was a debacle, right? At best, it might yeah. be worse. It might be criminal, perhaps. Yeah. Um. And so how much? So when when the separate issue of of raising uh, grades and pay and so forth is done, I I don't have confidence that it was done right. Now maybe it was. Uh, maybe there is a submission out there a written submission and there was some 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 uh, procedure followed and so forth uh, but i don't have confidence in that happening
0: and what's hard for me dan and i feel like this will resonate with you as an attorney what's hard for me is that when the labor attorney brian kramer for the city who's been used for the last many years has an opinion on something um the city attorney tony iso agrees with that opinion But the city council still feels the need to get an alternative opinion, like a third opinion, because they don't like the opinion of the labor attorney and city attorney. Like, you're going to just go opinion shop? Like, I don't, I'm kind of like. At 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 a a
1: significant cost, by the way. Yeah. Right? Like You're you're already paying your city attorney. You're paying this outside firm. Yeah. So Sorry to interrupt you, Rob. Now we're going to use taxpayer funds to get a third firm involved. Then you gotta, if you're gonna do that, then fire the labor firm because you you have no faith or trust in his knowledge. And he is a good attorney, he is a respected attorney. Shame on the city council for just disregarding what, what again, we as city taxpayers paid for that attorney's time and effort and and whatever he submitted to the city. And the city council, nope, this is what we want to do, and uh, that, that that smells. That's that, that that's yeah, nice.
0: I think so too. I think it's kind of, I think it's actually total bullshit. I think you know, we pay to have a labor attorney, we've already paid him to give an opinion. We pay to have a city attorney, we've already paid for that opinion. Why would we pay for a third opinion from an outside law firm that's gonna cost a really decent amount of money? Lawyers ain't cheap. I don't get it. I think it's crazy. <laughs> who, who, who um we'll come
1: to the same conclusion, by the way. If it's a, yeah. if it's a good experienced labor attorney, I, I submit he'd come to the same conclusion.
0: Yeah. Anyway, you guys, I wanna move us along just a little bit because we have Another very, very controversial issue, too, that we wanted to talk about. And we've gotten a lot of feedback. I don't know if you guys have, but I've gotten a lot of feedback from people that we should have brought this up earlier and talked about it earlier because it has tugged at so many people's heartstrings and been upsetting for so many people on kind of, on, I have to, hate to say it, but on both sides of this, it has been upsetting for people. Um, so, Adam, I don't know if you want to kind of recap this story or you want me to recap the story, but um, it well- essentially... Go ahead. But you recap, and I'll give my- my.
2: Okay. So was,
0: essentially, what happened was back in January, there was a cat named Kane who lived near the Spring Street Deli, which is on Spring Street on the east side of town. And Kane is an outdoor cat and would you know, bop around the neighborhood and would occasionally go into Spring Street Deli. When he went into Spring Street Deli, this cat was fed little scraps of food. I think sometimes by customers, sometimes by employees. One way or the other, this cat knew that if it wanted a quick snack, a great place to go was Spring Street Deli. So it sounded as if the owner of Spring Street Deli started getting very frustrated with this cat being in their establishment because of reasons why you would not want a cat in a restaurant. And Hmm. so he made a decision to take the cat one night. He drove to the animal shelter at about, I believe it was about 6 p.m. This is all
1: alleged, right, Robin? Sorry to jump in. All alleged.
0: This is all alleged. Thank you, Dan, for reminding me of that. There was one element caught on video though. So I think this, the video element is I get, you know, videos are usually pretty truthful, but he pulled up to the animal shelter and the animal shelter was closed. And he allegedly made the decision to leave the cat there outside the shelter, even though I think it was about 10 degrees that night and the shelter wasn't open. So he basically tossed the cat, abandoned the cat and took off thinking his problems were over with a cat coming in to Spring Street Deli. That moment was caught on camera. And so um, the whereabouts of the cat are still unknown, but people in the community are aware that the owner of Spring Street Deli was at the animal shelter and did release this cat into the basically street because the shelter was not open. And they're very, very, very upset. And... I can, there's a large part of me that understands why they're very upset. It seems like if you are, to think about doing something like that seems extremely unhumane. And if it was my cat or my dog or my pet that that had happened to, I would be extraordinarily upset um, that that had happened. There has been an outcry from the community though that has been, I mean, it's been very overwhelming, I think, to a degree. There are moments where I am like, this feels like a human baby was tossed out a window because the outcry has become so extreme from some people. Um, There have been everything from like regular grid searches done looking for this cat to multiple social media groups that have formed looking for justice for Kane, the cat. They're selling t-shirts. They're, they're very, very intent on holding the owner of Spring Street Deli to account Um, To that end, he has been arrested and charged with, um, I believe, animal neglect or cruelty. I believe that's the charge. Um, He has had his initial court date. Um, Nothing has been decided yet in court. I believe there was a uh, a plea bargain that was offered but not accepted at the time. Um, But I do also know on the flip side of this that the owner of Spring Street Deli and his family have gotten multiple death threats from people online um, and otherwise and it has been extraordinarily traumatic and upsetting for that man's family to go through this and to receive i mean death threats in general are not something anyone wants to receive at any point in time ever and i think it's upsetting that people have responded in that way despite the fact i understand their passion and how upset they're that's still not the right way to articulate that the main focus from people who have been upset about this and following this has been to shut down Spring Street Deli and to boycott that business. Um, And that's really where all their efforts kind of have been focused on finding the cat and and boycotting the business and shutting down the business. So I think that's a pretty good summary of where we are. I obviously have a lot of opinions about it. Adam, I know you have opinions. Dan, I'm sure you have opinions too. But Adam, why don't you kind of share with us your thoughts here?
2: I'll say I I have a lot of close connections to this. I live... Less than a block away from Spring Street Deli and from where Kane lives, the, the cat or where Kane did live, um, I know. I grew up with with one of the family members of the Spring Street Deli ownership, so I know them well. Uh, I'm somebody I've I've had two rescue pack, I've rescued two cats before, five rescue dogs, before, not all at the same time, but I have a, a a bit. Yeah, I'm I'm somebody who who has a deep respect for animals as well. Uh, I know. I, I'm not here to justify what the owner of Spring Street Deli did. I think it was a dumb move. I think everything he and it was a, it was a it was a teaching moment for my kids, where where you have to, to every decision you make like this you have to think about what the ramifications are. You know, I think he was fed up with this cat. He took it to the you know he was going to take it to the to the animal shelter, which again I think is an appropriate response to the, to if you had a nuisance animal around your business, um, and it, and and up until the point of where he left it at the animal shelter. I think that was a stupid move. a real dumb move. And uh, I I don't condone that. With that being said, I I know this family. I know how hard they've worked for that business, but I know they've had this family, without going into too much personal detail, has faced struggles that probably none of us have. They've overcome challenges and they're still fighting things. Um, unrelated to this, that that for me uh, is it, it gives before this game, and especially for the other family members, a lot of admiration for what they do and what they've gone through. So I think it comes down to you know what is justice. I, I, this family has paid a price. I know I know they have. I uh, and it's a very serious price, and it was a very serious action. But to the the implications of shutting down a business, uh, the. The employees to the family members is, is is as hard as it is because if i was if it was, this has happened to one of my uh, animals i would be vivid as well and i understand that anger but at some point the 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 punishment has to fit the crime it's in the court systems now and the 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 Vigilante justice that's out there has to stop because that is not the basis of how our society is supposed to operate. So I think this family has paid a dear price. I don't condone what they did, but I, I think at some point it's it's time to uh, you you know remember that was a it was a sweet cat and and, and still praying they find the cat, but it, you can't you can't essentially sentence a family and a business to a death sentence for a really dumb move. So that's my, that's my thought on it.
0: Can I quickly read the apology that the Spring street deli owner offered up? Because I do think this is part of how it's been. There's been a lot of mishandling in my opinion of things like since this incident happened, one of the ways in which I thought it was mishandled was through the apology that the Spring street deli owner put out because I thought it was a piss poor apology and it kind of enraged people further. So the apology that was put out on January 30th, so a month ago now, was, dear community, I would like to offer my heartfelt apologies on behalf of Spring Street Deli and Pizzeria for any disappointment or inconvenience caused by recent incidents. Our aim is to provide a positive experience for every customer, and it deeply saddens me to hear that we have fallen short of your expectations. We take your concerns seriously, and we are actively addressing the issue to ensure they don't happen again. Your feedback is crucial in helping us improve, and we are committed to regaining your trust. Thank you for your understanding and continued support. So to me, as like someone who does a lot of PR, that is bad. That was a bad attempt at an apology. This is a person who's in a legal situation, so they clearly can't be specific because there's a pending but legal case, right? I'm
2: very handcuffed though with what they could say. Wait,
0: right. so that's 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 exactly my point. If you can't put together a decent apology because of a legal situation, then shut your mouth. Because saying that <laughs> saying that they've fallen short of people's expectations or that there's been disappointment or inconvenience surrounding a recent incident, when the incident is basically that you tossed a cat out the window and it's dead now, that does not, that is no, that is no bueno. No, 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 no. And I just think it enraged people further. And again, I am just alleging that this cat is dead and I hope the cat is not dead. I would love to see some like miracle or secretly it's been at Adam's house this entire time and he gets <laughs> to like rise from the ashes with the cat. But unfortunately, you know, everything we know about winter and the cat and, you know, all the challenges that would face, my guess is we're not going to be seeing cat the cane or cane the cat. Um, So, again, just not not great that he wants to apologize, but not the right words. Anyway, Dan, go ahead.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, just a quick update. As of last week, there was a Gazette article and he was offered a plea deal uh, in court, Milton Town Court, uh, to a conditional discharge. uh, But he had to agree not to have a pet for fifty five zero years, which is significant. And he's uh, scheduled, at least as of last week, he was scheduled to appear in Milton Court this coming Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Now, these things are often adjourned with this level of uh, uh, emotion. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if if that court date on tuesday was was adjourned to a later date uh but that's last i knew from the article from last week but yeah that apology reminded me uh, like it was akin to an email you might get from a chain restaurant uh, after getting a bad meal oh
0: no or, like <laughs> um, or like att after the outage last week well i'm sorry like t after the outage last week oh yeah. yeah yeah you know what i mean like something I, like that it's five dollars go away yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah, wow. um, I I do feel for what Adam's talking about for the family though. The business, I am I've always been a fan of Spring Street. I used to live close to it as well. Um, their egg sandwiches are to die for. Uh, I, obviously, this doesn't justify anything that 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 happened. Let me just say something here, and it, it, no, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'll have to well, think this through it, before it. I, before I get the whole world mad at us. Um, I I just had a, a an added thought, but I'd rather think it through and bring it up. I'm sure we'll, well be talking about this again.
0: Think it through while I say this. I I understand that people's like immediate impulse was to boycott the business. I totally get that impulse. And there are a lot of situations in which I'd be like, hell yes, do that. But when I step back, think about it for a moment. And I think about all the people that that business employs. Do I want them to lose their jobs? Hell no. Of course not. Do I want this family to lose their health insurance? No. Do I want them to go through like, a you know, a financial ordeal of losing their business and not having a way to provide for their family, these employees losing their jobs, having to go find new jobs. Do I want any of those things to happen? No, that to me feels like two wrongs don't make a right. Um, so I feel like there's got to be another avenue for people to express their anger and frustration without potentially, you know, shutting down a business and having people lose their jobs. I don't know. But at the same time, what this guy did is really indefen—is allegedly what he allegedly did—is really kind of indefensible. So it's it's tough. Kane,
2: show up, we do, Kane. You you know we, we please just you you yeah. can show up anyway. All right, well we, you know we're we're over an hour now.
0: Mm, for an hour. I know it's it's a tough one. Kane, Kane the cat is a tough one, you guys. I, I gotta say, and I would love for for someone to show up. And I don't mean for this to be like lighthearted and a joke, but in that movie, Meet the Parents, when like Jinxie Cat goes missing, I want someone to show up with Jinxie Cat and, and 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 bring Kane back. But anyway, let's move on to our cheers and cheers before we really quickly wrap up. What do you guys got? Who's got a good cheer and cheer for me?
1: Okay, uh, um, Robin, you're going to be talking about what's happening Toronto at City Hall, correct? I don't want to steal your thunder. I
0: am. I was planning okay. on it.
1: Okay, good. I, I won't mention that, but I will absolutely concur with what you're going to say on that. Um, I'm, I'm going to give a, I've got a cheer here for Chris Matheson. Um, He has been active at city council meetings. You know, he comes there as a almost lifelong resident since the 1950s, a business owner that had a place downtown. So when he talks about things like like uh, the parking proposal and so forth, he comes with some knowledge. Uh, he was on the city council like you were, Robin. So he brings great perspective and he's becoming a, a, um um like an honest broker i i hope we are honest brokers uh john kaufman are honest brokers but what one thing we and kaufman we're pointed towards people we like people we don't like people to chris's credit he's been focusing on issues uh and he's been writing letters i'm going to post one tomorrow that he wrote about uh, um the uh, short-term rental um or is it parking i can't remember which one i'm posting but i just respect him for everything he's been doing the approach he's been taking. I criticized him for running a poor primary campaign a year ago against uh, against Mayor Kim, but uh, I respect him and he gets a cheer from me today uh, on just who he is as as a uh, an elder statesman of this city who gives uh, perspective on some of the most important things and takes the time to do it. Uh, my cheer or my jeer, and this one's a bit old, but it relates to Christmas teason. It's a Chris lug fest because I am still mad that Ron Kim, one of his last acts as mayor, was to falsely accuse Chris Matheson of causing the problems on Van Damme Street. Two and a I half mean- months later, I am still really mad about that. Chris Matheson is owed an apology. If Ron Kim won't do it, then the current city council should do it. And not just wrong against Chris Matheson, but that was wrong against the, the, the people on Van Dam who are suffering there. And Oh, it's this guy, this guy that that uh, caused my uh, a re-election campaign to fail. He's your problem. Man. To to use the people on Van Dam and their problems for political retribution. Damn it, I'm still pissed about that.
0: I totally, totally agree, Dan. And I'm also just realizing if I try to do the cheer I want to do, I'm totally going to start to cry, which I really don't want to do on this podcast. So, Dan, will you do my cheer for me? Because it's just about tomorrow night, and and okay.
1: Um, yes. Uh, tomorrow night is, uh, tomorrow is February 29th a leap year. Um, our, our beloved, um, late commissioner, Skip Scirocco was born on leap year. That's why he was called Skip, as I understand it. And the city council is going to be dedicating Robin Kirk, Kirk, uh, the music hall and, Kirk, uh, uh, Skip was a, a musician and he was also the one responsible for refurbishing the music hall after the fire. um, They are going to have a ceremony at 5.30 p.m. at City Hall uh, honoring Skip Scirocco and naming the music hall after him. And everybody that knew Skip loves Skip or just loves this city. And, you you know, I can't say the many things he brought to this city in such a good way. John Coffin wrote a beautiful blog post uh, uh, about him uh, on the what's going on Saratoga politics or what uh, Saratoga Springs politics uh, blog uh, Robin, I, I, I'm sorry, you, you got to say more because I didn't know Skip personally.
0: No, no, you did a great job. And I like, the God, I freaking hate, I never cry in life. And I feel like I've cried like twice on this podcast already. Um, no, I appreciate you're doing that because it's just hard for me to talk about. Skip and I sat next to each other in the city council. He was one of the kindest, loveliest men I've ever known. And I miss him terribly. So I'm just happy that we're doing this dedication and happy that I can be there. But anyway, moving on to my gear. My gear is really stupid and superficial, you guys, but it's right here. My gear are these goddamn Stanley Cups. They absolutely suck. They absolutely suck. And if we weren't at 107, like we weren't at 108 right now, like an hour and eight minutes, I would elaborate in detail as to why Stanley Cups suck so much. Don't get them, people. Don't get them. They're not worth the freaking $45. They absolutely blow. I'll go into detail on it another time. But that was my stupid gear for the week. All I mean, right. Adam, you're up, kid.
2: I'll start with my jeer. It's it's a common one. Uh this goes out to the Times Union and the editorial board. Uh the Times Union editorial board wrote a piece about the about the um the AG report and about Commissioner Cole's response. And again, it was it's unbelievable how this this newspaper continues to carry the water of the, the Democrat party in Saratoga Springs, New York. Uh they made no mention of the fact that the Tim's comments forced the AG to have to revise this this report. Uh, they actually in in the in the opinion piece, they said there's little wonder, and I'll, I'm quoting here, there's little wonder that the city's last insurance carrier refused to renew its coverage, which former mayor mayor Ron Kim noted was largely due to this very issue. It was not, the insurance carrier made it very clear they are not carrying us because Mayor Kim's approach to risk and safety had nothing to do with this. And the Times Union continues to quote, Ron, you know, to use Ron Kim's name in this and, and making this sound like this is the reason why insurance carrier left, which they are smart enough, I would imagine, so to know this is blatantly a lie. This is not even not true. It's a lie and it's horrific. You know, they closed and I'll read what they closed with. They closed with no police force or government in this country gets to, choose what uh, speech they're willing to tolerate or use their power to shut it down, which is true. But no police force gets to choose what laws they choose to enforce or not enforce. And when people are breaking the law, it, it, it is a police department and a municipality's responsibility to enforce the law and justice, which they did. And for the Times Union to keep to, to keep this narrative going is absolutely unbelievable. It is a garbage newspaper, and it really it does Saratoga disservice. By continuing the narrative that we are a racist city f- with police officers who are p- killing young black men. So Times Union, shame on you. This is ridiculous. How do you go to sleep at night calling yourself journalists? It's horrible. All right. That's my cheer. Wow.
0: Wow. <laughs> Times my- Union, you are I'm a fire of-
2: man I'm fired. Oh, My cheer. My cheer is next week we're going to dive more into the AG report because Robin will be on a plane. So she will <laughs> show. So she, there won't be any like we talked about before because she's part of this. There's only so much we can talk about with her on the show. But Dan, you and I are really going to pick this up for the piece of uh, piece of uh, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll save it for for next week. But tune in next week to hear it. On that note, stay charming, Saratoga.
0: Bye, guys.
1: Thanks for watching, folks.